Life Audio. Hi, I'm Cynthia Garrett, and welcome to Girl Club. We'll be right with you after these messages. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's Girl Club. I'm Cynthia Garrett, and uh, well, it's a Girl Club week, and I always love a Girl Club week because it means that I get to do this with the very substantial burden of thinking your voice matters with some sisters in Christ whose voices I really know matter. Um, And it, it is, as you join us this week, you kind of know what our mantra is around here. We are real girls having real talk about real issues while seeking to figure out how to walk in real faith and how real faith applies to those issues. And all of us value tremendously our relationship with Christ. And we value all of you and want you to have the same relationship to be able to find the same strength and power and encouragement to get through your day and your life the way that we found. So I'm gonna dive in this week because there's a lot of things that we're gonna hit. You might call this our very own hot topics, unlike The View, whose hot topics more sound like one an opinion. <laughs> the poor conservatives on The View, they literally get suffocated, crushed, humiliated, and stomped on every week. I just love watching them try to have an opinion about anything that has to do with, with you know, conservatism or Jesus. Sorry, had to say it. Anyway, in studio this week, uh, and I'm burdened by a lot, so I need these two girls this week to make sure that I don't actually overspeak on some of my opinions. So uh, in studio this week is Nova Page and Christina Reynolds, both of whom are power evangelists, powerful worship leaders, and amazing friends and sisters in Christ to me. We, we have been in the trenches together and on some of the mountaintops. So good morning, you guys. Good morning. Oh my God. I know. I know. I, I, it's the sun is shining. I'm in California. No, we have to try to see each other. I would love to try to see each other. We're here a little bit indefinitely for some doctor stuff for my husband which sucks and then hopefully doesn't suck. But um, I will tell you guys a little bit of an interesting praise report. So let's, you know, we, since we've been in the trenches and in the highs together, Roger had Jeremy, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. He has a church down in San Diego near you. No, Jeremy Riddle. It was it Jeremy Riddle. No, no, I don't know. Jeremy, Jeremy Jeremy out in East County. Yes. Oh, He's very right. He's very, very prophetic. No, no let me let me find it. Jeremy, Jeremy. I told the kids when I was sharing this with the kids, I was like, "You guys, Jeremy can't pray for Roger." And Roger's like, "Honey, it was not Jeremy Camp." I'm like, "Oh, oh yeah, he's the singer." Jeremy, uh, Jeremy. I gotta think of his name. I gotta think of his name. All I'm thinking is Jeremy Renner, and I'm like, that's not the right. Is he like, um... (laughs) Who's he, Maverick? Wolverine. Which one was he, Jeremy (laughs) Renner? he's Jeremy Renner. uh, He's He's an actor, Jeremy Renner. Right, right. Oh, I I know who he is. I love him. Hawkeye. 
Hawkeye. I was trying to think of which character he was. That's like Hawkeye. I loved, I loved Jeremy Renner. Okay, anyway, he's a pastor with an amazing church in San Diego. I'm going to find his name and I'm going to properly call his Jeremy, name. But not Jeremy McGarity. No, no, no. But the, here's the, here's the, the thing. But the, here's the good thing. Okay. He prayed for Roger. Okay, so as most of you know, if you watch the Calvary Chapel Tuesday evening healing service that my husband, Roger Charles, actually leads for Pastor Holland Davis at Calvary Chapel San Clemente. I got that right, okay? Um, he does the healing service and he prays for people for healing all the time. Roger has prayed for people for healing for I don't know how many years, forever, right? And a lot of times when people are getting prayed for for healing, you know, they say they feel hot, you know, in the place where their problem is, or they feel they feel some sort of physical manifestation, and usually it's like a heat or something. Well, Roger has never had that happen to him. I've never had that happen to me um, when someone has prayed for me for healing. Well, this gentleman prayed for him. He felt led to go to um, to go to this service because the guy was in Nashville, so he felt led to go and hear him speak. So he goes and he said he was trying to go to sleep, but the Holy Spirit kept waking him up. So he got out of the bed and he decided, let me go. And he took Mario, our spiritual son, and he took our friend Daniel. So they go to this service. The guy prays for him. And Roger said, honey, I felt like someone lit a fire in my neck all the way into my chest. He said it was just completely burning all the way down. And the guy, you know, the guy had a word for him about spiritual attack. And then when Roger shared with him what had been going on, he's like, that's exactly why I saw what I saw. He literally saw a spiritual attack on Roger. And it's so interesting because, uh, you know, you, you sometimes, you sometimes don't, you don't want to make small of a health issue. Right. But you also, you know, sometimes you're like, am I crazy for just feeling like the enemy is just after me? Like, how does all this stuff go wrong? And I kind of joked when we were off camera before we started today, it wasn't a joke. Like I was literally flying while this was happening to Roger in Nashville, literally while he's getting prayed over and this is happening to Roger, I'm on a plane flying from LA to Seattle to go to my girlfriend, Christine, who you will see. Uh, Christine started an amazing women's organization called Providence Heights. And she's coming on as a guest soon. Um, Note to Anna, behind the scenes, we have to get that scheduled. But anyway, um, Christine is a powerhouse and I'm on my way to her surprise 50th birthday party. And my plane got struck by lightning. And and I, I mean, I screamed like that. I mean, half the plane screamed, but you know, I was just like, ah, because it was so loud and so like, boom, like this massive sound. And oh then the gosh. front of the plane shook. And um, and then like I saw a flash of light and like a, a, like, like a sizzle. And then I could smell for the next 15 minutes until we land, I could smell a little bit of something burning. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wait, yeah. but you guys were fine. So like, how? I'm just curious, crazy. what's the protocol for that? You get hit by lightning. They just land the, I'm, that's No, insane. we were over the water, over the ocean. There was no landing. Right. Oh my God. Right. I was like, okay. And I sat there like for the rest of the flight, like, okay, God. I mean, what, 
you know, what is going on? But then again, then again, as R.T. Kendall would say, and R.T. Kendall is an amazing Bible scholar. He, he, he gave mass to the queen, church to the queen for, oh my gosh, what, 28, 30 years. Um, and a lot of you know him. I've had him on my programs before on TVN, but um, we're going to try to bring in a quote today that sort of summarizes some things going on in our world. But um, R.T. would always say to me, okay, maybe the enemy was attacking. Are you still standing? Who won? And I really had to think about that. Like, okay, who won? Lightning hit the plane. Plane landed safely. God got me home. Who won? You know, and even with the stuff that, you know, Roger's going through and the doctors and the mistakes and the new doctors and the new opinions and 17 more exams coming up, who's winning? You know, we have a track record of winning. So I just have to praise God for that and give thanks and credit where it's due because in all the battles, God has, he's, he wins and we still win. And that kind of leads us to the, I think, a lot of the confusion and chaos going on around the world about the Israel Israeli Hamas war. And, um, you know, it's like some people have been saying, is this, you know, is this the, is this the end of the world? Is this world war three? Is this, well, I mean, the reality is it doesn't really matter what it is. We win, you know, we win in the end. And, you know, a lot of times making it through, I, one of the comments came in about making it through the battle, you know, and and ha making it 100% through all of them. Look, sometimes it doesn't look like we're making it 100% through a battle. But what victory looks like to us isn't necessarily what victory looks like to God. And I think it's important to remember that because a lot of times in my in my worst battles, and in what I feel are some really bad losses and some really like sad moments, you know, in hindsight and with time and God's perspective, he shows me, wow, that, that closed door, you know, was a blessing. Man's rejection was God's protection. Whoa, what looked like a loss was actually a victory for me in my life. Um, even if it's just a course correction to go another way. And I want to throw this to hear from you guys. But before I do, I also want to celebrate a win uh, that came. It's interesting. This morning I woke up and I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do girl club this morning. I don't feel good. I'm, I'm bummed. I'm challenged. I'm going through a world of, of just stuff, you know, in my own heart and mind. And and I was laying there talking to the Lord, you know, and I'm like, dad, I'm, I'm exhausted, you know, and I, you know, I don't know if our voice for you matters, you know, I don't know if my voice matters. I don't know if it's making sense to anyone why we lay ourselves out there bare to share the work of Christ in our life, you know, because to me, my life is a testimony. To me, Nova and Christina, your lives are testimonies and not just like your testimony of the one part where you came to Christ, but every day, how you get up and get through every day is a testimony. And it is for all of you listening. You're, you're in a testimony right now. That testimony may just be that you make it safely to work, you know, while you listen on podcasts, 
but you're in a testimony. We all are. And, and then Anna sends this letter <laughs> and it was like, it was literally God's little wink, you know? So, Anna, I want you to pull the letter up on screen so that I can read it for those of, for those of you listening on podcast. Good afternoon, Pastor Cynthia. A few months ago on Girl Club, what are you going through? Which was a prayer session. I asked for prayer for my mom and a job that I went for an interview for. Nova Page prayed for me. God answers. And what you don't see if you're listening on podcasts are like four victory hands. Healing for my mom, victory hands. God bless me with the job. Woohoo! Tears of laughter and joy, victory hands. My dream job, more victory hands. In one of the top companies in South Africa, victory dances, more hands. God is faithful. I'm so grateful. Delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. May God continue to bless all the wonderful ladies of Girl Club. Girl Club is such a blessing. I'm always learning and growing, sending love from South Africa. Blessings to you, Candace. Now that could not have come at a better time. And so, Novi, thanks for that prayer. <laughs> Got to unmute right. you. I, I muted yeah. myself. Praise God. I mean, I we just, we show up and right. We, each of us do, I think the next right thing. So if God says, you know, go to the store or if God says, pray, that's what we do. We just kind of try to walk in obedience. I think we don't always, you know, want to. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. But it's like, no, okay, here we go, Lord. So praise God. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I love that comment. Yes, Cynthia, Pastor Cynthia, your voice truly does matter. Mm. Well, thank you. Thank you, Salombra, for that. Thank you guys for that. I, I love Denise made an amazing comment here. Anna, bring that one up so I can read it out for our podcast audience. I Denise writes, I have to remind myself. God is already in tomorrow. He knows what's going on and I have to trust him. Now I, that that reshapes my day. God is already in tomorrow. He's already in today. So from the second I woke up or the second that you wake up, he's already there. The day already has a predetermined outcome. So just live it and receive it and be expectant in it. You know, I think sometimes we live and we lack expectation, you know? I think we lack the expectation that we're going to have a good day because we've seen so many bad days in our mind, so many bad days, you know? And someone once said to me, there are no good days or bad days. There's only learning days, you know? And that is something definitely to remind ourselves about, you know? I think when we wake up, like, okay, I may feel off this morning, but God is completely on. And more than being on, he's on the throne. Mm-hmm. So let me walk through this day with some expectation, you know? And all of this kind of points over to the the Israeli-Hamas situation going on for me, guys, because I've <laughs> been waking up. I If I sleep with the window open at my son's, this is my son's place where I'm filming uh, while we stay here in... California for some doctor's exams. They're down the street, so it's easy to stay here. And um, I can hear protests. I can hear Palestinian protests going on. Um, When I left Bellevue, Washington yesterday, 
a protest erupted and it was a small one. There was a thousand uh, pro-Palestinian supporters or so. Um, Anna mentioned one in London that had, sounds like hundreds of thousands of people or something crazy, I don't know. But for, for most of you in most countries, if you're looking at the news, then you, you know what's going on, that uh, Hamas, a, a terrorist group, attacked Israel, killed about 1,400 or so innocent women, children, people, and Israel has retaliated. Now, now I, ha I have to tell you, I was in Israel a few months ago, and for and it was my second time. And one of the things that amazes me is that Israel lives in a constant state of attack, meaning terrorists from uh, the other countries, Hamas, are constantly launching missiles at Tel Aviv. So we've got this whole, they have this whole defense system, which we actually funded years ago um, called Star Wars. And uh, it basically, it blows their missiles up in the sky before they ever hit the ground. And that's, no, it's the Iron Dome. I'm sorry. It's called the, the Iron, Iron Dome. Dome. The Iron Curtain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Iron Dome. And it blows their missiles up in the sky before they ever hit the ground. And then people just live with that as normal. Okay. I mean, you know, we're living with some pretty crazy stuff as normal. Like, you know, I think it's crazy that transgenders mm -hmm. want to read to, you know, my third grade, you know, nieces and nephews. Like, what do they have to do with that? Mm -hmm. You're not a mother. You're not a father. You're not a parent. Get out of the classroom. You don't have a voice in this, you know. But we live with some crazy, too. Other people around the world think that that's crazy, that America lives with that. Like, they're just like, we're out of our minds. But these people live with this, with these missiles mm -hmm. being launched. Mm -hmm. Honestly, if we had missiles being launched at us, we probably wouldn't live with so much of the cuckoo stuff that preoccupies mm, our brain. That's brains. for sure. Probably. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because we, we just don't even appreciate the lives that we've get, been given, the identities we've been given, what we're born as. We just don't even, we don't appreciate each other. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, yeah. you know, guys, it's like, but then, of course, Israel has like, really retaliated and that's all people are seeing is israel now killing you know these people who live in gaza these innocent palestinians the children who are getting killed now i have to tell you i did speak to someone in government over the weekend he's a, a navy a, a navy man um and he was at my girlfriend's birthday and he gave me some interesting information they have video and i've heard this before i heard this when i was in israel so he affirmed something I heard like four months ago. And, and one of the, a former, he's a former Israeli officer or I don't know, Mossad or something like that. Anyway, he said that a lot of times, not, what's happening half the time is Hamas is launching their missiles up. And because they have no idea how to launch, they're unorganized. They're terrorists. They're, they're not like a government, right? Or a, an organized military. So they launched their own missiles up in the air and they come right back down on them and they kill their own people. That's what no one ever talks about that. Well, this guy tells me here I am months later sitting at this dinner and this naval officer tells me that the rocket that killed the hospital, that, that hit the hospital, it was a Hamas rocket. Wow. That it literally, they have the footage of it launching into the air from inside the, uh, a, a, palace, a Palestine and hitting, they're hitting their own targets. And 
I keep looking at these protests going, okay, hold on a second. Terrorists attack Israel. Israel is clearly broken by its history. Let's just go there. Like talk about living in a state of like fear that you would ever go through the Holocaust again. So they are, you know, expectedly so retaliating to protect their people and their, their homeland. But then the terrorists are using it all to blame Israel for being barbaric. So I'm looking at these pro-Palestine protests going, you guys, we're all pro the Palestinian people. We're all pro the Israeli people. We're all pro people not getting killed in war. But put the blame where it's due. The Palestinian people, in my thinking, need to be going after Hamas. Because it's like you've got these crazy people living amongst you who are inciting wars that are hurting all of you. And that's not being done out of love. And someone said to me, well, there's a lot of Palestinian Christians. That's actually not true. There are Palestinian Christians, but you guys, the percentage is super low. It's like 6% of the entire Palestinian people are Christians. 56 of that 6% live outside of the Palestinian state. They're not in Gaza. So, you know, they were, they were asking me that as, I guess, to use as an argument, like, well, as a Christian person, they're bombing Christians. And I'm like, no, they're not. They're not even bombing Palestinians. They're trying to, I think, assert themselves so they don't look like they're going to lay down and let another Holocaust run across their land. So I don't know. It sucks. This mm. is a tough one because mm. I, I hate what I'm seeing on both sides. Yeah, it's, it's deep for sure. I, we have a really good friend. Um, his name is Dan Cohen. Actually, Cynthia, uh, you may, you may have known him or heard of him. He's, he was in LA for a long time in San Diego as a news reporter. Now he's with news max and he, three years ago, um, they, they used to go to our church. We're super good friends. They decided like, we're going to move to Israel. So they moved three years ago and um, it's been like so nerve wracking, you know, but watching him go through this whole process and just his raw, his real, you know, the kids are doing school in the bomb shelter. It's, it's, it's wild. And it is, it's so, (laughs) It's true. Like World War Three is, I think maybe possible happening. Going well, to it, yeah. it's like, yeah. I mean, and then our our, you know, I I mean, I know that like whatever we don't want to go overboard, but you know, our president is sitting on the beach, and I'm just like, oh, okay. I know tone deaf. It's it's really <laughs> it's really hard to watch all of this, and well, you know, probably I can't think hear. I, that's what I was going to say. I, is he sitting or is he just, just deaf? I mean, yeah. Is he sitting on the beach or yeah. is he unmedicated on the beach? I, I, I will say too, you know, watching, you know, all of these pro-Palestinian, you know, uh, protesters, Cynthia, and, and a lot of the, you know, the community that has, you know, we'll just say less, uh, less moral than what we'd like to see. Um, the, the LGBTQ community, they're, what they don't realize is if they went into that country, they would be obliterated in right. a very short be time. Yeah. 
They would. And so it's, it's just very interesting. The moral compasses are just all over the place and it's so agenda driven and (laughs) yeah, no. So there is, I mean, we are living and we talk about this all the time. We're just living in a time where there is no morality. There is no right. And there is no wrong. I mean, people are lovers of themselves and, you know, I just woe to those who call good evil and evil good, you know, like that's the time we're living. We are living in that time. I listened to a guy named Amir, camera, Amir Safari, I think that's his name. And he, he's definitely, it's very interesting to listen to him because he is an Israeli who comes back and forth from there to here and talks so much about biblical um, prophecy. And so I just, I mean, I know I'm just really hungry to, to, to learn and to many Christians, just like we don't, even think about Israel, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, or we think, oh, it's in the Bible, (laughs) but we don't, what we don't realize is this is God's story. Like the whole story is not really about, it's not about us. Right. Right. We're grafted in. We're grafted in and we get to play a part in, but this is about God's story and his love for his people. And we are watching it unfold. You guys, Are you guys, I mean, I always tell people my first, my first love and my lasting love and my soulmate is a Jewish man. Let's be real. I mean, Jesus is a Jew. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's like, and even, you know, even other religions quote him as a great man. Well, can we call him what he was? He was a great man. He was a great Jew. He's a great Jewish man, you know? And because of him, we Gentiles have become a part of this bigger story. Mm-hmm. You're no way you, you so nailed it. You know, it's God's story with his people. And yeah, it is, it is interesting to me, you know, I guess because my husband is Roger Charles, <laughs> I do understand deeply like where we're supposed to be and where we are, you know, in, 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 in historic times. Cause we talk about this all the time. He's, you know, as a matter of fact, you guys, we should probably have him on and talk about Bible prophecy right about now, because it is a, it is a good time to look at things. I, I remember yeah. when Turkey, I don't know if you remember this eight years ago, seven years ago, Turkey sort of squared off against Israel. And that was a big move. It was a big move because Roger said, Roger, who's not an alarmist at all, he doesn't, he's like, yeah, okay, whatever. We're, you're, you're, there's things we have to see. And I know what those things are. And when we see those mm-hmm. things, then we maybe we get a little nervous. But at that point he said, uh-oh, that's a big deal biblically. And I was like, why? And he read and he showed me, he goes, because when Turkey, Turkey has to completely go against Israel. There's certain things that have to happen, you know, um, for I think, the end of the world to be here as, as he's explained it. And I would love to have, actually, you know what, we'll do that. I would love to have him kind of come and for us to be able to ask our questions, even for all of you listening and watching, I, I, you know, might not be a bad idea for you to start writing in your end time questions, your, your Bible prophecy questions, start emailing them in and we'll, we'll start making a list of things and have him come on and answer, you know, because I think, I feel the same way you guys do. It's like, whoa, where are we now? Nova, do I think we're in World War Three? I think we're certainly stepping on the precipice yeah. of it. 
yeah, I mean, precipice. I think you're right. You know, but well, and again, Ukraine, like, Russia, yeah, Ukraine, Russia, Iran. Like, what are we doing? Looks looks pretty looks pretty scary. You know, in terms yeah. of a world war. You know, and and then you know it all leads me to kind of like who's right and who's wrong guys what are we supposed to think about the protests the, i mean how can you call yourself how can you even have a protest called a pro-palestinian protest that sounds like a pro-hamas protest I, I don't understand at a time like like i can say as a black person all right let's just go there as a, as a woman of color if there were congresswomen aoc ilhan omer if there were two congresswomen who were flying KKK flags in my government, I'm storming the Capitol. I'm going to hang them two chicks like up, you know, I'm gonna pray for them, but I'm also gonna string them up because that's not right. What if they were, what if they were protesting with the Klan because some country was reinstituting slavery and rounding up black people to be slaves? I mean, that, it may sound extreme to a lot of you, but that's how the Israel the Israelis feel. Hmm. Like if you go to Israel and you visit Yavashem, the Holocaust Museum, hey guys, wake up! What happened then is eerily similar to what's happening now. And so I get how brokenness and trauma, and I think there are people who are still traumatized because. Wait for it because we have Jesus who deals with our trauma in a lot of ways. And I'm not so sure that they're dealing with getting healed in that way, you know? And when you're not, Jesus is about a culture of forgiveness. And at the end of the day, a lot of cultures on our planet need to exercise forgiveness. A lot of cultures, a lot of people, a lot of nations, they need to exercise forgiveness. Instead, they live in perpetual war. Hmm. I think that's why, it, like what we long for is like Revelation, is it Revelation 21 or 22, where it says when he's talking about, you know, Jesus is gonna come back and he's gonna recreate the face of the earth. He's gonna do all this. And he's like, there's specifically like, I used to be like, oh, we used to, you know, in the prayer and we'd sing all the time. You know, he's going to bring healing for the nations. You're like, oh, healing for the nations. There's a reason why that only he can do it at the very end. Like, I'm like sitting back listening to all of this. And like, I'm sure there's like a lot of logical, like, you know, breaking down and processing of the situation and the history that makes sense. But at the end of the day, it just, it's, it's also so spiritually fueled as well like the rage like we can't sit down and go hey this is logically why people feel this way and why they're acting out this way and like at the end of the day like it is very true that the battle that we're fighting right now isn't against against flesh and blood ultimately right which is why like we as a church i think we it's like what do we do you know like we pray like we and also remembering like what you said cynthia about that's why I think it is a good idea that we sit down and we dig through the word, look at what the Lord says, what's his timeline. Cause there are crazy things that he says are going to happen that unlock the next big thing that happens. If we're here on earth crying out, come where Jesus come. There's a lot of things that need to happen before he comes. And I think that's what I'm struck with. I'm struck with just this 
kind of reality check and sobriety that this is like, we're crying out for the return of Jesus. But that also means wickedness is going to rise. But the, but the manifestation of his glory is going to be, you know, elevated and accelerated as well. Like there's so many things. And it's like, you think about like the great stories of, of, of all time, like Lord of the Rings, C.S. Lewis's yeah. like Chronicles of Narnia. And we get wrapped up in these stories between good and evil and like the, the fight of the little band of like righteous people against this like huge, big, like horde of whatever. It seems like impossible. And, you know, we, we are, I mean, my kids read this and we're like, wow, how amazing. And we get caught up in like Aslan and like, you know, like this big, like yeah. victory at the end. And, but then, but then I stop and I think, where are we right now in his story? And it seems overwhelming. It seems like it's the underdog against just, you know, all of this. And I think that's why it's so important that we like get in the word, read the old Testament, look at like the history of Israel and how the Lord came through every time. But what did that, but what did it, what did it, what had to happen? Yeah. Repentance, a turning from the other gods to him. Like, I mean, it's very clear. It's almost like a tale as old as time. And I say this with like, with reverence and like being careful. I'm not going to, you know, whatever. But like, that's why we like cling to the word. And it's really important that, that we don't get caught up in the logicalizing or like, hmm, how can we like figure this out? on paper, like what's the right plan for it? Cause at the end of the day, like Jesus is like, Jesus will be praised. He will have all the glory and he will. And it says that all like until his name is praised above every other name, all the, until all the nations flood to him and declare that he is King overall. I mean, that's going to take a massive breaking of systems of ideologies. It's going to take a huge spanking. And like, I think, Oh, I hate to say this but like we need to be spanked the church included you know oh. and i don't know so oh. we just I'm, I'm just over here going oh jesus give me grace i'm crying out for your will to be done and honestly i feel like in the midst of like in incredible terror and fear and um like just this type of what's going on right now is actually it's it it, it can prime people to receive christ it can open a door for when Jesus shows up in your bedroom, you're like, oh my gosh, like, I believe that he's doing that. I believe he's going to do that, you know, on both sides. Cause he, you know, like Israel, they are his people. But like you said, we've all been grafted. We have the opportunity mm -hmm. to say yes to that. And he wants all souls. He, he desires that none should perish. So it's a really like prickly situation. I don't have wisdom on it at all other than, I want to, I want to dig into his word. I want to get grounded there. And then I just want to pray that his will be done and that people like flood into his kingdom. Cause that's the yeah. thing. Like he's going to do it. He's going to have his way. Like you said, we know he has the victory. So I want to yeah. be on his side standing yeah. with him when he's yeah. standing like victorious over it all, yeah. you know, but yeah. I'm scared. I'm not gonna lie. I feel, I well, feel the temptation to fear, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Temptation to fear. <clears throat> but, you know, there's nothing to fear but fear itself. Remember that old saying? Boy, isn't that the truth? What the enemy does with actual fear, which isn't real, fear, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. Not real. False evidence that appears real, right? Because only God knows. So everything else is just, you know, what we see. I, I, I don't trust in anything I see with my eyes or that I feel in my flesh. 
And I really don't trust anything I hear with my ears, not in this world today. These people lie. People bring false reports and they're so good. You know, Roger always says we live in a culture of lies. We do. People lie. There are some cultures that actually think it's okay to lie. They lie in business deals all the time. They lie in, in you know, agreements all the time. I mean, listen, and, and a lot of these people are, you know, God's people are guilty of a lot of this. His children, you know, and, and remember, what, what, is the, what does the Bible say? What does scripture say? If my people who call themselves by my name would humble themselves and repent, then would I hear from them, you know, and, 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 and heal their lands, you know? I mean, but, but we're his people, you know? And it, when I think about that scripture over Israel, it's like, whoa, wait a minute, that's powerful what was what's really being said there you know and then honestly if i think about that scripture if there are 10 christians living in the gaza strip in palestine i mean what it what is what what would happen if those people would humble themselves and pray and seek god's face and turn from their wicked ways then he would hear from heaven and would forgive their sin and heal their land this is what this is scripture you know, 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14. It's scripture. And, and, and when I think about it, like both of these cultures call themselves really godly people, right? Like, like it, it, it's, their culture is really built on. I mean, think about like when I heard Hamas running into Israel, when they broke through that border and yelling Allah Akbar and God, like, like, oh, how dare you? God's not praised or pleased with you bombing people and killing people like God's not getting some joy that children are being killed, that, that you've done something that's going to cause a reaction of death. So God's like being drawn into these things and used by people all over the world, his name. And he didn't have anything to do with this. He's saying, Hey, yo, check it out. If you call yourself my people, call yourself by my name, humble yourselves and repent, pray, seek my face, you know, which is such a huge, I mean, I, I, I've always loved that scripture because I mean, I apply it to myself in a lot of situations, you know, where I'm like, okay, God, what do I need to be doing here right now to see the victory? You know, cause it's not about looking outside at everybody else and what everybody else did. I get brokenness. I get all the reasons. We all have a lot of reasons and excuses for why we do what we do. We all have brokenness that plays a part of why we do what we do. But at the end of the day, it doesn't make it right. Right? And at the end of the day, you have to choose victory at some point, you know? So how much responsibility, you know, do we bear to take the high road when everybody around us is taking the low road? And right now, everyone... I mean, there are nations taking the low road. This is why I'm just like, it's it's so important that we are like reading the word. Like I've like not, I, I, I mean, being a part of IHOP for a long time and like, you know, you're, you're like learning about eschatology, about the end times and stuff. And I was like, okay, we, we thought, you know, when I was younger, like 20, it's coming tomorrow, it's coming, you know, you know, all this stuff. But I'm like, sitting here going like things are like really heating up to the point where I'm like this is not just like like 
I can't live off of my own understanding or what someone else is saying. I need to like get in the word. And like, I think when we're also not just, it's about stability in ourselves. And then also what you're saying, what are we supposed to be doing? What is the high road? Like, what are we called to do? I think it's really easy for um, us in America to be like, oh, let's just close our ears and go about our day, take our kids to our soccer games, keep building our business because we have relative amount of freedom right now. But I'm more thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so thankful for the house of prayer here and the houses of prayer that have popped up all over. Cause I'm like, this is what you're here for. It's time to gather. It's time to cry out, you know, and seek the Lord's face on like, what, what, what does he want? What does he want? Teach us how to pray. What do you want us to do? Like, I mean, I feel like this is an opportunity for the church to lean into absolute dependence upon Jesus. Because to be honest, you see, you know, you go on social media, you see both sides the extreme sides of like the ultra conservative, the ultra liberal, like the globalist, whatever. And it's just like, it's all just this, this little spinning hamster wheel of like man's wisdom, which is nothing but foolishness to the, to the Lord. So I'm like, gosh, if anything, I'm like, we need to like really press in. And then like, and then if anything, I'm like, what can I do? I can, I can go to counseling, work through my forgiveness issues with the church and become unified with the church because we ain't doing nothing if we're not doing it together. Like I, I, you would be surprised at like in the midst of all this, how many Christians and myself included, I went through a really rough spot where I was like, I don't even know if I can trust the church. I don't even know if I want to be a part of the church and where, and you know, and like I worked through stuff, it was hard, but I'm like now seeing like people that I really looked up to who are tearing each other down over dumb stuff within the church. I'm sitting here going, why am I seeing Christians fighting each other when we need to be together? Like fighting for like the, like fighting for like the purposes of the Lord, you know, to be like pushing back darkness with like our worship and our prayer. Like for me, I'm like, if we could do that, what else could happen if we could bind together? So as you're bringing up forgiveness, I'm like, let's not, let's even back away from even just like nation against nation i'm like wow that that's like a miracle and god's gonna do it how about forgiveness within the church because i feel like we're being stunted and distracted by like you know grievances against each other when in like when you like put when you like kind of gain perspective and step back and think we're like on the precipice of a world war three no longer does does your neighbor care about suing you because your grass is too long anymore or like you're not like so mad about tearing down right. an organization because they demoted you right like in a in, in a not so kind way i don't know i'm just i'm in a swirl of like seeing where the church is at just where i'm at and i'm going okay yeah it's time to forgive it's time to get over ourselves and like let's just move yeah. forward together you know yeah well because the church like many people in the Western world are in a very petty place. And when you look at the bigger picture, our pettiness is really small. And forgiveness is a gift that we can lean into. It's a gift that we all need. It's a gift that we all definitely want to receive, but it's a gift that we really don't like to give. And what if Jesus felt that way about us? You know, really, what if he took that gift away? I don't want to forgive. You don't deserve it. Well, none of us deserve anything. We deserve death, but he chose to give us life. 
And so as we kind of wrap here for this week, I think it is really important to remember, like with everything going on around the world, there is a real need to look at these things through the eyes of real faith, you know? And real faith is grounded in real Jesus and what Jesus would have done, you know? And no matter what you believe, I'd really be looking deeply at whether or not Jesus was real, sister, brother, because the entire Old Testament points to the new and speaks of Christ. When you, if you know the prophecies of Christ, you know that Christ is the Messiah. There's no question about it. What create, what makes me so shocked is just the blindness of people around the world to the power of a risen savior who loves everybody, who died for everybody, especially his own people. It's complicated, man. It's complicated. But from all of us here at Girl Club, we're gonna keep doing our best to make things uncomplicated. <laughs> so, so, so. <laughs> And, and to use, you know, and to use our voices to hopefully be um, a beacon of light, hope, and maybe a little bit of wisdom. So I'm Cynthia Garrett with Nova Page and Christina Reynolds for this week. Peace out. You've been a part of another girl club. We'll see you guys soon. This is Chris Christensen, and back in 2006, I started a simple project, a project to try and introduce more people to the Bible through Bible study called the Bible Study Podcast. It's a simple name and a simple idea. Each week, every week, we study one chapter of the Bible, talk about what it says and what that might mean for us today. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search for the Bible Study Podcast on your favorite podcast app.